Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So, Commanders coaches in the past, what is this, Whew, 60 years now, in their first season, this is what their records have been. Back in 1971, George Allen went 9-4-1 and in his first season. Jack Pardee, 1978, 8-8. Eight eight. Joe Gibbs, 1981, Gibbs 1.0, 8-8. Eight Richie Pettibone, 93, 4-12. Norv Turner, his first year in 94 Three and thirteen. Marty Schottenheimer's first year in two thousand and one, eight and eight. Unfortunately, that was the end of the Schottenheimer era. I wanted him to stick around. Steve Spurrier came in next in two thousand and two, and was seven and nine. Jim Zorn in two thousand eight. Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! We beat Dallas. Hip hip hooray! Eight and eight though in his first season. Mike Shanahan a ton of success in twenty twelve. But his first year, 2010, the team was just 6-10. and 10. Jay Gruden, 4-12 his first year. Ron Rivera, 7-9. and nine. But that is the second-best record in your first year, I would say, because they did win the division, losing in the wild-card round. And then, of course, you have Joe Gibbs, 2.06 6-10 in his first season. So if you're asking, hey, what do you think, Dan Quinn will do in year one in charge of the Washington Commanders. I think you probably look at this list and say in between 7 and 10 and like 9 and 8, I think is what you're hoping for. Get this team closer to being around 500. And look, this is the football team here that was 4 and 5. And then the team stopped playing for Ron Rivera, right? And that's what it came down to, I believe, is that they had no, they had nothing to play for. Right? They were playing for themselves. They were playing for a bag of money. They were playing for a contract. They weren't playing for a head coach. And I think these guys are going to be fired up to play for Dan Quinn. We're trying to track down um, Dante Whitner to get his take on the 49ers. Stub, give us a little behind the scenes here inside radio. Are we trying to get Dante? Are we, are we efforting to get him on the show here? Uh, I've gotten a couple of voicemails. Haven't haven't broke through yet. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him a text and see if I can get him. Uh, to come on next segment. But right now, let's get into NFL hits here on AWOD Radio. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL hits on AWOD Radio. All right, our friends at FanDuel put together a list of things that are records that could be broken in this year's big game. Are you confident enough? to predict and lay some money on it, then a record will be broken. Stub, here are a few wild bets that you could make and make some serious money if it would break the record here for the big game. We'll start with the one that I think is most likely to happen, a scoring record. No player has ever scored four-plus touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Do you think that could happen? I'm going to say yes. I think it could. I look at Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey as guys on either team. Now, look. Four touchdowns is a lot. (laughs) 28 points. That's so much. But both of those guys have already had two touchdowns in one game in these playoffs already. I don't know. I would be worried to even bet on three here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're talking plus 1,800. You're going to end up winning uh, a boatload of money if you're that confident. How about this? Any player to have 205 plus rushing yards. No guy has ever gone over 205 rush yards in the Super Bowl. 
I, I, I do think that's a possibility here yeah. with McCaffrey. Uh, the thing is, though, is that if it was all-purpose yards, I would say yes because they love to pass it to him out of the backfield. I don't know if they're going to hand it off to him enough times for him to get over 200 yards. If anyone in this entire year was going to get it, it would be him. But, man, yeah. that, that, those are some Madden stats. That, that's the stats I have when I play CMC and Madden. <laughs> Any player to have 216-plus receiving yards, that would break a Super Bowl record. I, I think I looked at Travis Kelsey again as the only guy that could get over 200 to 216, but that's too much for a tight end. I, I don't see yeah, that happening I, I, at all. Yeah, I don't know about a Debo or a, a Kittle. I don't think would either. Yeah. How about either quarterback to pass for over 506 yards to break that record? That's plus 15,000. That would be big money. Or any player to throw seven-plus touchdown passes. If that happens (laughs) and you put $10 on it, you could pretty much retire. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't think I would uh, wager on any of these. I think you're right. The four touchdowns from one player is the most likely to happen, and it would probably be Kelsey or probably Kelsey. I don't know about CMC on that. You know what I, I've got to bring up here, and that is the NFL Pro Bowl game on Sunday, all right? And they're adding skills challenges to it. That includes a gridiron gauntlet, the tug of war. It's always fun to watch. Move the chains, a strength competition, seven on second, seven flag football. Of course, we know that will be televised on ESPN and ABC. But how about this one? This year, two players will compete in Madden 24, head-to-head using Pro Bowl rosters. Uh, That's going to be a ton of fun. And I think we've got to do a Madden bit on the show. Now that Stubb is playing, uh, we've got a a listener of the show, P1 Tomas, who sent me a picture last night. He got his revenge on you, Stubb. (laughs) He did, he did. Uh, It looked like he kicked your butt. No, it was a a one-touchdown game. Yeah, I know, but it looked like some garbage points were scored in that one. No, no, no. No, no, no? garbage points. It was a close one. Okay. Okay. Was he talking smack? Uh, I think he was too worried that if he talked smack and then I won, I would make fun of him on air. Yeah. So, so he kept it pretty kept it pretty tame on this this go around. Well, if you're going to continue to play Madden, I'm going to dust off my old Xbox and bring it in studio for a Madden challenge the yeah, week we return it. from the big game. All right. And maybe we'll invite a listener or two uh, to participate. I, I know could. Trey who listens to the show. He stopped by River City Roll uh, just a few minutes ago, but, uh, of course, I was in the middle of the segment, so I couldn't say hi. But, um, you know, here's another thing that's going on. Taylor Swift is getting a lot of hate right now for her involvement in the big game with every game there you're showing her, uh, you know, in the in the press box. Of not course. the press box. In the, the player's box. They're showing her before the game when she enters like she's one of the players that's going to be on the gridiron. Um, I have no problem with it, but a lot of people on social media are upset. Well, Colin Coward had a message to those people that are upset, and he earned himself a place in the hearts of Taylor Swift fans. Swifties are now watching Colin Coward's show because he <laughs> won a rant calling out insecure men who were taking issue with the fact that Taylor Swift was shown on television for a grand total of 44 seconds during a three-hour broadcast after the rant. Swifty Nation rejoiced and are calling him one of their own with the term (laughs) Silver Daddy. Colin Coward being called Silver Daddy. Now, I like Colin Coward. I like the herd. I'm not the biggest fan of his. I like him more than Skip Bayless. I think his his voice is a little annoying. He talks like... uh, 
Like he's got something like dip in his mouth and he's just spitting all the time here. Taylor Swift and all the insecure. He's not that bad when he talks, but I, I don't like the way he talks. So personally, I'm not the biggest fan. But yeah, Silver Daddy is what the Swifties right. are now calling Colin sure. Coward. After he came to their defense. Yeah, just Google Colin Coward. The top four articles are all about him blasting Taylor Swift haters as weird, <laughs> lonely men. How about that? All right. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Honestly, I no, didn't. No, I, I, <laughs> I, we we've been defending it, but this is this is a big time defender of Taylor. And I mean, like, yeah. what half of a percent of screen time? Come on, right? Like, we can right. we can calm down, right? And, and also, like, you know, every team has that now. Like, I'm tired of Christian McCaffrey going viral for him kissing his girlfriend Olivia Culpo on the sideline. Like, enough already. She's dated four <laughs> NFL players. All right, it's not new here. She likes football, guys. Good for her. I'm not a football guy. I'm a basketballer. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Capital City Classic, the men's college basketball series. And rivalry continues tomorrow right here on 910 The Fan as the Richmond Spiders travel from Henrico down Broad Street for a matchup at the Siegel Center against VCU. It is Spiders against Rams right here on 910 The Fan at 4 p.m. with your tip-off. I'll got you covered for the extended pregame show live from the Commonwealth Room beginning tomorrow, Saturday at 3.15. This Capital City Classic dates back to you know, almost 100 years now. The longest win streak in the rivalry is seven games when VCU won seven straight from 1977 to 1979, and the Rams are currently on a two-game win streak in the Capital City Classic. And uh, that's a big story for Richmond this weekend. But also, how about this? Richmond, the city, is in the running stub to be named the best in five. Yes, five of USA Today's ten best Reader's Choice Awards. Ooh, We're the best, and everybody it. should know it. All right, the Burger Capital of America. Here is the prize and the bragging rights. The categories: number one, best city for street art. That's the yeah, obvious yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, come sure. on now, we <laughs> dominate VCU, street art. Like, do you do you have like a favorite street art spot? Like for me, I am obsessed with the kitties outside of Lucky ooh. AF. Have you seen that? Lucky AF is right in Scott's edition, and they've got like a, a, a squirrel's cat, a VCU cat, a hipster cat, a diversity thrift cat. There's all these different cats. I love it. I can't picture it. I've door-dashed Lucky AF before, but I, I don't know if I saw yeah. that wall art. Next time, you're there, next time you're there, pull into the parking lot real quick and just uh, just view it. It, it is right. awesome. Uh, I mean, there's so many buildings that have really cool uh, street art. We've got like the, the Bernie statue uh, there uh, on the side of a building along Broad Street. So many stuff. Around VCU campus as well. Number two, best arts district. We'll take sure. it. Yeah, I, I mean that, we'll take yeah. it. Right. We've got plenty of districts. I'll tell yeah. you that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Again, I think that's uh, a lot of the VCU aspect of the art school there really bringing yeah. in a lot of attention. Yep. Yeah. Best brewery tour for Stone Brewing. Okay. I've never been to the Stone Brewing tour. And then best brew pub for the answer. But the number one thing that I love and I will be voting for. And it is open to vote through February 26th. If you want to vote for Richmond to be top dog in USA Today's 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards, I'm voting for Best Beer City. Now, 
I don't know if we're win, right? I, I think a lot of people would probably pick like Milwaukee, right? The team where they're known for their the brewers, right? But yeah, that's um, a- <laughs> I, we've got we've got so many breweries here that I think it makes sense for us to be up for this award and, and we could possibly even win it with the amount of new breweries that are coming in here. It seems like new spots are opening up like every three to six months. A lot of attention on Richmond as of late. We got a we had yeah. a gun hole. We got all these these nominations. Yeah. It's nice to hear. Yeah, what is the latest with the gun hole? I saw that it was it was dug out, but did did the city come back last night to, and pave it again? Do you I, know? I've seen no reports of a repaving, so I'm going to yeah. hold out hope that it is still uh, back. Because I think they know if they I fill d- it in again, it's going to get carved yeah. out. Well, I know that one of my friends drove by uh, yesterday, and he said there were still like it was like 8 p.m. There were like 15 or 20 people. It looked like they were having like a seance. They're just standing outside talking to each other and making a shrine out of the thing. It is wild. Uh, coming in hot, though, Richmond's first Raisin Canes moving to uh, the, what do they call that? The Diamond District area? Yeah, I don't right. think it's, it's actually the Diamond District, but it's right near there. Yeah, right? it's right across from the Diamond. I went and checked it out because I wanted to grab some this week, but the line was like way out the, on the street, and I, uh-huh. I was too hungry to wait for that. Are you big on, on Raising Cane's? I've never had it, so I thought this would be a good first Raising Cane's experience. Uh, it'll have to wait. Okay. So when I was in school at VCU, uh, in that little section outside of Branton Roads where they have uh, now it is VCU Dining, it used to be an IHOP, a Raising Cane's, and a salad shop, and we used to hit that Raising Cane's a ton. I like the IHOP more personally. Uh, it's because I don't like the sauce, right? Cane's oh, sauce, okay. I think it's like a, a mixture of like – mayonnaise and or ranch and and mustard or something or ranch and and barbecue ketchup i don't know it's a weird mixture combination of sauces that i don't like i i've heard people are obsessed yeah, with the I've raisin cane very sauce. beloved sauce uh, yeah i mean people you know if you google people talk about trying to bathe in the cane sauce like they're <laughs> obsessed with it i will say when you get the raisin canes like the three-piece tray meal the fries are decent but it comes with texas toast that is Love really oh, good yeah. it's buttered and it's toasted and it's really good. So, yeah, I think they did uh, for opening day, which I think was earlier this week, they handed out free canes for a year to 20 different customers. <laughs> That's oh, wild. I would take yeah. advantage of that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We didn't follow up. How's your stomach feeling from those four donuts you ate <laughs> yesterday? I, You know, it, it was tough. I went home. I had to lay down, kind of curl up in my bed for about half an hour. But uh, oh, things man. settled down after that. No. Oh. Didn't, didn't, didn't spew any out. Kept it yeah, all in. Didn't vomit. Yeah. I'm now I feel bad, right? Because I was trying to I was trying to have fun and do a bit for radio. I didn't want to ruin your day. No, you didn't I'm ruin sorry, my day. Man. I was I was back to full force. I just needed a quick thirty minute lay down. Is that the I reason that good. you lost to that you lost in Madden? You know what? I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm a stomach choose, ache. It, it was a stomach ache, my head wasn't in the game, I was thinking about donuts. Yeah. But you gave me that 20. You gave me some free donuts. I love donuts. We, we moved Tum- on. <laughs> Stubb had a tummy ache and couldn't Stubb perform had a tummy ache. So what is your plan with that big $20 bill, man? <laughs> uh, it'll be, you know, maybe like my drinking money this weekend. Go out to there a bar. There we go. I th- probably you that. Any, you got any plans for this weekend? Don't have any plans yet, but usually my plans kind of happen like an hour before. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah, pretty spontaneous. That's what usually happens. You know, that's a funny thing, right? Like you're, what are you, 23 right now? Yes. When I was like 20, 21 to 24, you're right. It's like within a, you know, a split second, all of a sudden you have plans and your night is set. At, at 31 now, and I, 
It's, I know it's still young, but I feel old saying I'm 31. When people ask me how old you are, I say I'm 29.2. I don't like to say that I'm in my 30s. But at this age here, I do like having plans two days in advance. Like, it's a, I, 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 I'm, I'm still in on the last minute, like, hey, let's do this. But at the, I don't know. As you get older, it beca- it's, uh, it's more relaxing to know, hey, we're not going to do much Friday, but Saturday we've got a big plan. No, and I get it. Like, like I, I have, like, lunch plans on Saturday set out, but I can also expect when I get home, you know, I can play Fortnite and I'll expect a text at one point, and then suddenly I'm at New York Deli. That's just kind of yeah. how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, you do love New York Deli. My my friends, uh, we like it too, but I, we don't go there nearly as, as much as you do. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. We're broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It's much more than that with live music and entertainment Fridays and Saturday nights. You can get a pitcher of River City Roll beer for just $10 anytime there's a football game on. Head out here for the big game and tell them a watch sense. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, new rule on 910 The Fan. On Fridays, we roll broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It's much more than that. you got live entertainment on Fridays and Saturdays, open for brunch on Sundays, and you can even get a $10 pitcher of River City Roll beer for just $10 anytime there is a football game on. It's one of the best uh, pitcher deals around town here in Richmond, Virginia. Joining us right now, though, from Kansas City on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, broadcaster for the Chiefs Radio Network, it is Danon Hughes. What's going on, Danon? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Good to be preparing for another Super Bowl. Absolutely. Let's rewind back to last week. I mean, were you shocked with the defensive performance by the Chiefs holding the Ravens just 10 points? Man, I stopped being shocked about this Chiefs defense probably back in week five, week six. I mean, who would have thought if, if I was on your airwaves back in August and we have Patrick Mahomes healthy, Travis Kelsey healthy, that we'd be talking about the story of the season has been the Chiefs defense. But yeah. consistency has been the factor and pretty much the, the reason for success for this Chiefs team and consistency on the defensive side. So to answer your question, I wasn't surprised because that's they've been conditioned to for us Chiefs fans in the Chiefs kingdom to expect that. So now to the level of holding the Ravens to 10 points, maybe that was a little bit of a surprise, but not the dominance. What did you think of the game plan in the second half there? It kind of felt like, uh, you know, the Chiefs changed their style. A lot more runs, ended up 32 carries. Pacheco 24 for 68 yards and a touchdown. And no points scored in the second half in the AFC title game. And yet it's the Chiefs heading back to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think the no scoring points was part of the plan. But I will say that we saw the ramping up of the run game. It first started against the Miami Dolphins in the Super Wild Card round, then against the Bills. So we knew that, and you always hear, what wins championships, what wins uh, games in January is the run game and defense. So I guess we're following suit with that. But, uh, yeah, the run game, I just felt like when you're up by two scores 
Andy Reid, Matt Nagy has done a phenomenal job, especially in the latter part of this season, of recognizing the dominance of our defense and then not putting the, the pressure on the offense to continue to score points. There have been times where it's not just the Chiefs, but there have been times where other teams continue to put their foot on the gas pedal the same way they did in the first quarter, only to open the door up for the opposing team to gain momentum. You could probably look at the the game between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers that proves that point. Uh, dominance in the first half, and instead of being methodical, utilizing the run game more, uh, you know, taking up time off the clock, putting more pressure on the Niners, they continued to try to go for the jugular in the second half, and it opened up the door for the home team to get that momentum, get the fans back on their side, and wind up losing the game. So I feel like Andy's been in this game long enough to recognize how to do things, how to execute, and still put ourselves in a position to win. Yeah, and the question was, could Patrick Mahomes win on the road where he did this season, and especially the last two weeks, really good play by Mahomes. <laughs> Defensively for the Chiefs here, uh, we all know Chris Jones. Who are a few other playmakers that you think are going to become household names next week and then afterwards? So before I get to that defensive question, how about the criticism that Patrick Mahomes uh, found himself in for not winning a game that he was never eligible to play in? Like, how crazy right, was right. that? never being able to play in the postseason away from Arrowhead Stadium, and that was actually a criticism uh, in January. But the fact remains is that when you talk about this defense, Chris Jones is a big name, but uh, I'd say George Karloftis, who tied him with the team lead in sacks uh, in the regular season. Also, uh, Justin Reed, I think, is an unsung hero, the safety, uh, playing kind of a hybrid safety linebacker position. Uh, Drew Tranquil who was a yeah. free agent acquiree. I thought, uh, especially when Nick Bolton went down with a wrist injury, Drew filled in uh, in great fashion. And then Willie Gay Jr. was a guy that was not playing in the Bills game and didn't play at all against the Ravens. And Drew was able to move from his middle linebacker position behind Nick Bolton over to that outside linebacker position. So you're talking about unsung heroes. I'd say those three four guys contribute a lot to the defense and I definitely as much as a former wide receiver as I am I, I usually hate giving credit to defensive backs and corners specifically <laughs> but Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie they got my respect too those guys are true lockdown corners and very physical as well. We've got TV radio broadcaster Danon Hughes with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Guy 83 So what do you think of this matchup? What are your thoughts on the 49ers? I mean, a lot of people would say they've been the best team in the NFL this season outside of the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, and justifiably so. They pretty much dominated the NFC from the start of the season, had a little bit of a lull, but were able to get back on track. And they got some... Uh, retribution in mind. Uh, several guys on this roster for the Niners that experienced that loss back in Super Bowl 54. So I'm sure there's a lot of extra incentive for them to try to right the ship and, uh, and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead West, a.k.a. Las Vegas. But uh, <laughs> I feel like we, we're in a position now where there's a lot of confidence on our team, but the Niners, especially with Christian McCaffrey, 
Uh, we played them the first week he came to the Niners via trade. Wasn't really indoctrinated fully into the offense. We were able to beat them out on their home field. But this is a different team, and uh, it's going to be a, a tall, tall task. Who would you give, like if we did rapid fire here, who would you give the um, the edge to in terms of position groups? So like quarterback, you're obviously going to say Mahomes. Running back, I'm guessing you'd go with McCaffrey and the 49ers. Let's go through some of the rest of the position groups and give us your thoughts here, Danon. Man, so, uh, yeah, wide receivers, I guess based on our drops, this season, I'd have to lean towards the Niners with Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, tight end, I'm definitely going to nod towards Travis Kelsey. Offensive line, I'm going to give us the nod. Uh, on defense, uh, maybe their front four, pretty formidable front four. Uh, I, I like our linebackers, even though Greenlaw and Warner are phenomenal players. Uh, and our defensive backs, there's no question our four defensive backs are uh, better than their guys. So I don't know what that equates to as far as <laughs> the ratio, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a great matchup between two great teams, and it's probably going to go down to the wire. Absolutely. I mean, are you expecting this to be a defensive battle, or, or could this turn into a shootout here next weekend in Vegas? Uh, you know what? I, I think it could be a shootout. I don't think it's going to be like the Ravens game where it's a 17-10 to 10 game. Uh, the, the Niners have given up some points against the Detroit Lions, so I feel like they could be susceptible for us to get points against them. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like Andy Reid is not going to put our team in jeopardy of trying to outscore the opponents. And I think that's the mistake that John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens did. They tried to go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes, got outside their game plan. And actually, if you look at how the Ravens have played the Chiefs in the past with Lamar at the helm, they've only beaten us once. But every time, it's they've played differently against us than they've played the rest of their opponents. Uh, yeah. to, have, to only run the ball six times tells you the tale that they were trying to go blow for blow, throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes. And it's just not something that you would prescribe for anybody. I feel like even with Brock Purdy, even with all those weapons and George Kittle, former Hawkeye, uh, I don't think that that would be smart for them to try to go throw for throw against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so we'll see how it all unfolds. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be as uh, low scoring a game as we saw last week with the Baltimore Ravens, but I don't think it's going to be – a 37-34 match like they like they encountered. Danon, are you going to be at Radio Row at all next week? Yeah, I will be. I actually get in town on Monday. I got uh, a couple of scheduled appointments with Rich Gannon out there, a former teammate of mine, on his show and a couple other ones. And then there's the local radio that's going to be out here from Kansas City. So I'll be bouncing around Radio Row early next week. And then I have my own show. Uh, called Players Only that I'll be doing uh, from there on Thursday. So yeah, I'll be I'll be around. Awesome. So I get in Sunday. So uh, hopefully I'll, I'll run into you at Radio Row. Sounds like a plan. I'll be there. All right, man. Take care. That's Dana Hughes. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on Richmond's home for VCU basketball, the Capital City Classic tomorrow right here on 910 The Fan. Richmond at VCU. I've got you covered with the pregame coverage starting as early as 3.15 from the Commonwealth Room for a 4 p.m. tip. Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby will be on the call via Rams Unlimited right here on 910 The Fan. Uh, did have to get to some sad news here. Um, Carl Weathers, who starred as Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films, he died today, uh, 76 years old. Actually, he died earlier this week. His family uh, just announced he was 76 years old. Uh, his family did release a statement saying, we are deeply saddened to announce the passing of Carl Weathers. He died peacefully in his sleep. That was Thursday, uh, February 1st, 2024. The announcement just came out. Um, a few minutes ago, of course, starred as uh, Apollo Creed in Rocky, uh, also appeared in Predator, The Mandalorian as a character. I loved him in Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was awesome in that, right? Um, and, and, you know, a ton of other movies as well. Stubb, did you want to share your thoughts? Yeah, I, I love Carl Weathers. I think one of my favorites from him is on Arrested Development when he played himself. Just a, just a fantastic comedian and actor. Yeah. For sure. What was his character's name in Happy Gilmore? Do you remember that? His character's name was uh, Chubbs. Uh, Chubbs, yes, yeah. with the with the hand that got bit off yeah, by the yeah. alligator. <laughs> Trying to get it was just ball. such a yeah. funny role for him. Uh, really good in The Mandalorian, but yeah, most notably known for Apollo Creed in Rocky. Um, just so good in the first four uh, movies. Did he ever appear in Creed? I don't think yes. so, right? He, I, I oh, see he that he, he has, maybe it was archival footage, but I do uh -huh. see his name listed as uh, in the Creed cast. Yeah, so sad, really sad stuff there. Carl Weathers passes away at 76 years old. Um, while we're on it, might as well talk a little movie, Hollywood and entertainment here, and do a little Netflix to close out the week. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Yeah, so Carl Weathers, he was certainly a beloved actor by a lot of people because, you know, he, he really did uh, cross both races, right? White and black, and everybody kind of was a fan of Carl Weathers from the Rocky series and then more recently from The Mandalorian. Uh, just Really good at every role he played in, right? Yeah, I, I've never been upset to see Carl Weathers pop up in something. I, he, he's just yeah. he's just so great. And this really feels out of nowhere. I don't know if he'd announced yeah. he was sick or anything like that. It, 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 it hit me pretty hard seeing that on Twitter. Just Oh, yeah. I mean, because he's just such a big part of pop culture, right? Absolutely. With the amount of different roles that he's played. And, yeah, I mean, just iconic, the, the look of him in the blue, white, and red shorts in Rocky yeah. playing Apollo Creed. That guy was ripped. With that image people love to share of, of the two muscle arms like shaking hands from Predator, that's that's yeah. Arnold and him. <laughs> that's yeah, his arm. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. So he worked with uh, with Arnold. He worked with Sylvester Stallone. Worked with worked with some of the best. He will surely uh, be missed. What, what other television and movie news did you want to bring up let's stuff? see I, I don't have a lot of news i did another oscar watch uh for, okay uh, there was two nominations on this one a best actress and a best supporting actress and it was called naiad and it was not great it was mm. about uh diane the real story of diana naiad who swam from cuba to florida which is a 60 hour straight swim 
And uh, I think it's one of the, it's a good story, just not told very well. Uh, Annette Benning, nominated for Best Actress. Jodie Foster, who I love, uh, Silence yep. of the Lambs, ta- Taxi Driver, Jodie Foster, nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I say uh, Jodie Foster is in, up in her 60s, and she is still just as beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she's, do- she's doing her thing. Uh, she's the one from True Detective Season 4, right? I, I have not uh, tuned into that yet. Oh, okay. So I'm unsure, but uh, it, it was okay. That's my review of Nyad. It was a decent yeah, movie about is. a pretty good story. It is Jodie Foster. I tried to give Tar a chance. You told oh. me to, to check that out on Amazon. Uh, didn't make it more than 15 minutes. Slow, slow start to a movie. Oh, and it does she not. Was, <laughs> it does not speed the, up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just slow the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And so you know, I, I get it. You're into music and sound and, and but the wor- terms that she was using was just over my head. I felt <laughs> stupid watching it. Um, how about this, though? We do have Kirby Enthusiasm coming back. Was this a bit or was this serious that Larry David was on the Today Show and he did the Iron Claw to he Elmo? Did, he did attack Elmo. <laughs> I believe unprompted. I don't think anyone knew he was going to do that. And right. it feels like a bit straight out of Kirby Enthusiasm. But what? Yeah. It's just a puppet. I, I, yeah, I the tweet I saw was really funny, though. It said, the only reason you know that this wasn't an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm is because Larry <laughs> then apologized to Elmo. Exactly. And then, I wish we had the audio because it's so funny. Where you, Larry, <laughs> did you want to say something? Elmo, I'm sorry. Well, thank you, Larry. It's accepted. Uh, it, Elmo, why is Elmo in the news so much this week? Yeah, I guess because the tweet. Yeah, he had that tweet. Like, had maybe that's tweet. why they brought him on. It's, it's a big week for Elmo. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I love Elmo. But he's not my number one. My number one was Big Bird. Really? Oh, big I bird loved guy. some Big. I was a big. I, I loved uh, the purple dinosaur Barney. Barney. But uh, Big Bird was my was my favorite. And I have a funny story here that my uh, my grandfather, who passed away last year, went for my second birthday party. He dressed up as Big Bird in the giant Muppet costume, walked through my front door. <laughs> I took one look at him and I screamed like it was. <laughs> The end of my life and ran to my dad. <laughs> Said, Daddy, Big Bird's trying to eat me. <laughs> uh, I but I, I always loved Big Bird. I'm always ride or die for Elmo. That's my guy. Yeah. He's really? my number one. You know, who, you know who is also up there? He's definitely in my top fr- top five of, uh, I guess you'd call these animated characters, or what would you call them? Like uh, puppets, I guess? Pup, yeah, uh, they're, they're Kermit, they are Muppets. They're Muppets. Kermit the Frog. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Of course. Kermit's the G. No one is I mean. better than Kermit the Frog. Oh, so so Kermit's your number uh, Kermit's one. Kermit's my now, number huh? one. I, Elmo's really? my number one in Sesame Street. The best Muppet is always uh, Kermit. Okay. Oh, so that's the difference. One of Sesame Street and the others was the Muppets. Yes, so they're not they all are, Muppets. So, so they are all Muppets because they're created by Jim Henson. But Sesame Street okay. is its own collection of of, of characters. What? It, what? It, how would you define a Muppet? Is that just a puppet with someone's hand in it? It's a puppet like, created a by Muppet? Jim Henson. Is is the, oh, okay. is the direct definition? Yeah. Okay. So a Muppet is just any character that's created by by Jim Henson. All right. I'm going to have to Google Jim Henson now. I'm going to end up down the Jim Henson wormhole. I'm Adam Epstein. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C. By the time you hear me next, I'll be in Vegas.